Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. The Director's Cut is now available on Spotify, so please take a second to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Stephen Merchant's new comedic biopic, Fighting With My Family. Based on the true story of wrestling superstar Soraya Page Beavis, who grew up in a tight-knit wrestling family that earned their living traveling around England performing. When Page and her brother Zach get a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to try out for the WWE, they are ecstatic. But after only Page earns a spot in the highly competitive WWE training program, she must find the courage to leave her family and face this new world alone. In addition to fighting with my family, Mr. Merchant's directorial credits include the feature film Cemetery Junction and episodes of the series Hello Ladies, Life's Too Short, The Office, and Extras. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in Los Angeles, Mr. Merchant spoke with director Rawson Marshall Thurber about filming Fighting With My Family. During their conversation, Mr. Merchant discusses how Dwayne The Rock Johnson enlisted him to direct the film, his desire to cinematically translate the experience of being in the arena during a wrestling match, and the tricky elements involved in shooting the emotional and highly choreographed finale of the movie on day four of production. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. You're just, you're just applauding the suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a fantastic film. Thank you so much. Uh, it's my second time seeing it. I loved it the first time. Uh, I think I actually enjoyed it more the second time. And I got choked up at the same points. Uh, there's so much heart in this, in this film. Uh, uh, like we were chatting about backstage, I, uh, I didn't know really what to expect coming in. I mean, I knew you were involved, so I knew it had to be great. But... Um, I'm not a particularly a wrestling fan. Please don't tell Dwayne. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so I kind of came in not knowing. I had never seen the. It's based on a documentary, That's as right. I understand it, uh, with the same title. That's right. Yep. Um, and so I didn't really know what to expect, and I and I just found myself so caught up in the characters and the story and the heart. It's so touching, so moving. Uh, I guess um, I have so many questions, but the first I'd love to ask is, why did you decide to to take this documentary on and, and turn it into into what we saw tonight? Well, um, it, it began life, as you say, as a documentary, and it was a documentary on British TV that I hadn't seen. Um, it was seen by our friend, uh, everyone's friend, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, he was filming Fast and Furious 6 in England, and he um, was uh, in a hotel and couldn't sleep. And um, I assume it was, you know, a class, it was probably the presidential suite of the, you know, the best Western. And um, you know he's he's wearing the robe that you know doesn't the complimentary robe doesn't quite fit <laughs> barely covers his Dwayne Johnson <laughs> and um, he uh, saw this documentary and I think you know as a coming from a wrestling family really responded to it and became involved with their lives as we dramatized in the film and somewhere on the line I think realized it was a it was a, a kind of Rocky style underdog story you know just sort of sitting there waiting to be pulled out and um, he teamed up with this producer Kevin Misher and. I'd worked with Dwayne before um, in his years, you know, when he was still in shape. And, um, <laughs> and uh, I, um, he sent me the documentary. They, they, and, and I just, like you, I didn't know anything about wrestling. I wasn't a wrestling fan. And I sort of 
if I'm honest, was slightly kind of, oh, this is going to be a chore, but you do what Dwayne tells you. And, um, <laughs> and I, just, I just fell in love with the family. I just thought they were so, uh, they were so vivid and, and so kind of earthy and raw. And, and then that moment when the brother doesn't get chosen was just, was just a gut punch, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it just devastated me. And I was, and, I, and if I'd started the documentary kind of expecting to sneer, I was just leaning in and I was so invested in them. And I just loved, the, even though I didn't care about resting, they cared about it so much yeah. that I was just on this journey with them. And and, um, and 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 then I went to meet the family and I mm. discovered there was a whole sort of second act and third act mm. to the story that wasn't in the documentary. And and so, um, I, yeah, like I, said, I think, you know, I think we're all sort of looking for characters that we can kind of respond to. And and I just um, I just found them so so emotional and so kind of, heartfelt and funny and sweet and all and of that came through beautifully yeah. oh, well done so when you when you watch the documentary and then it, you know you, you say all right i'm going to do this um how do you set about it how do you set about it because I, I suppose this would be different than than um sort of the original material the original material that you've that you've uh, made um how do you how do you know what how did you decide what to deviate from what to embrace um having not seen the documentary myself uh, what did you decide to change and, and why? Well, the documentary ends sort of where she, when she arrives in, in America uh, and it kind of gives some suggestion that she's sort of, you know, she's now part of the WWE machinery, oh but, it, it, but it doesn't really go any beyond, but go beyond that. And so I went to meet the family and um, I discovered that, that Zach had really struggled, you know, psychologically and emotionally after mm -hmm. that rejection and mm -hmm. it had taken him a long time to kind of pick up the pieces. And I spoke with her and, and um, she had really struggled in America and struggled with fitting in and feeling very alone and would phone her father every night in tears, I want to come mm -hmm. home. And he'd say, no, you're staying there for the family, <laughs> you know. And, and so, um, and then I, I, you know, again, not knowing anything about wrestling, I kind of plunged into the research. And, and then when I discovered that she'd won the title on her first ever appearance on Monday Night Raw, it's like, well, you know, there's your Rocky kind of, you know, finale. And, um, so that that was sort of that, that kind of gave the shape of it, um, but but what was tricky was that it turns out wrestling is really fucking complicated. <laughs> it's so there's so much um, there's so many not just in terms of the sort of levels of reality mm -hmm. and what's the fiction and what's not, and but just in terms of the this like thirty odd years of this soap opera. Mm -hmm. There's um there's the NXT which is the training facility right. which which I didn't understand and that has its own awards and badges and trophies and it was just very very complicated and so so much of the writing process was the edit the editing of that and kind of piecing together uh what do you need to know in order to enjoy the finale of the movie really and and, and just and giving the non-wrestling audience fan just enough information that they understand and they're kind of orientated mm. but not overwhelm them with this 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 endless, you know, complicated wrestling backstory. That's fantastic. It, um, early in that process, did you decide to sort of focus on uh, on on Zach and Paige and sort of their journeys, kind of um, uh, going in opposite directions? That, that Paige was sort of on the upswing, even though it was a challenge, and, and Zach going on the down. Did, did, did that come to you early uh, in terms of? It just always it? was about that relationship. I the think. brother sister that, yeah, dynamic. Absolutely, yeah. that seemed so fundamental yeah. to me, and that's kind of what gave it just, I think, an, an, a dimension mm -hmm. beyond the kind of sports uh, exceptionalism, which, you know, mm -hmm. was, it was, I was very pleased I was able to celebrate her success, but, you know, I was equally struck by what happens when you get 
when, left yeah. behind, you know, and, and there are many, I'm sure there are way more people in entertainment, in sport, in anything yeah. who get left behind or who never quite make it. And that just seemed like the real kind of emotional core of it. And what do you do when, when that dream doesn't come 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 to fruition? Yeah, there's so many um, so many wonderful scenes in the film, but but two that really hit me both times that I've seen the picture. Um, when Jack or uh, Zach is in, is in the car and he's calling, uh, uh, calling up NXT and and essentially begging for his dream and how devastating that is yeah. to hear you don't have it you have to find something else yeah and uh, it's just such a brutal world I mean they are kind of ruthless I mean he actually talking about kind of you know changes and things uh, in reality I think he auditioned twice maybe three times oh man and. And I was just thinking, I can't sh- keep showing you this kid trying and failing. It's just, yeah, it's it just too <laughs> agonizing. You so you know? never shot that. You just no, because yeah. I just, I, you know, I mean, he he was gonna he was gonna try audition again, and then his dad made him do a show, and he busted his leg. Oh my gosh! And I mean, it's like, how many times are you yeah. gonna kick this guy? You know, yeah. I mean, it was sort of, I mean, the truth was sort of even more brutal, than yeah. dramatized in a way, you know. And well, um, thank you for sparing us. Yeah, it was it was just so tough, and. Um, so um, yes, and so 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 uh, I think the, the 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 danger was always, you know, I think in my original version of the script, I really lent into the mm. sort of break emotional breakdown of it, and I yeah. think the producers and Dwayne were like, "This is game, a little hard, <laughs> you know, this is hard to watch." <laughs> That's first draft. Yeah, um, well, I'd love to talk about that writing process. Um, there was one other scene I wanted to touch on, which I just found uh, fantastic, uh, which was between Paige and Zach in the uh, sort of. I guess alleyway after the bar fight, um, and how they both sort of um, challenge each other about their lives and their and their journeys. Um, you know, Zach saying that you know you stole my dream, and Paige saying you know I didn't steal your dream. And just because a million people aren't applauding doesn't mean it doesn't right. count. Um, I just thought that was such a powerful scene, um, and I'd love to talk about the writing of that, uh, and then on the day the directing of it, if you remember much about it, or if it's just not. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. Uh, bringing up that scene because that was a sort of pivotal one for me uh, and also um, uh, it was one that we used in the rehearsals and in auditions oh, that makes and, sense. And, and, and everyone who, I mean I saw 60 uh, actresses for that part you know, it, was, it was such a difficult one to cast and Good that pick. was a scene that we kept on using um, and, and by the time the actors actually got to use it they were sick of it because I had made them do it so many times That's, I want to talk about that um, okay. because I, it just seems so pivotal and that they had to kind of exchange you know, important messages for each other at that moment, and it seemed very fundamental. Um, and um, that scene was very difficult. I mean, the whole shoot was very difficult, but that one was particularly complicated because that alleyway backed onto a series of uh, stores and kind of, uh, and one of them was a fish and chip shop <laughs> that um, was had an air conditioning unit that uh, they would not shut off. Oh, um, it's just the most important scene in yeah. my film. And they wouldn't shut it off until they had sold all the fish and chips <laughs> in this store. And there was no one in the neighborhood because it was yeah. a kind of rundown area. And so we ended up buying all the fish and chips in the store. Of course, of and course. And just distributing them to, you know, to people. And then they, um, did they turn the air conditioning homeless on? people, anyone, you know. And eventually they shut it off. Um, uh, well, and so he ended up with that compressed time. And so, um, but luckily because the, the guys were sort of, they had been well drilled on that scene mm-hmm. by then. We, we were able to kind of rattle through it. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful. But So let's let's back up. Um, skipping over a few pieces, you write a great script. Uh, they say, we're going to make it. Um, what is your casting process like? You said you saw 60 people for um, 
uh, for Paige and ended up going with Florence, uh, who's incredible in the film. How do you um, how do you do it? How do you decide? Uh, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time, especially having incredible success on the television side uh, and casting beautifully. So, what's your um, what's your method? And what, also, I'd like to know what your secret is. Just myself. Well, I um, you know, as the uh, I used uh, Felicity Jones early on in her mm -hmm. career. I used Martin Freeman early on, mm -hmm. and now Florence. And I I do feel I wish I was getting a cut of their future <laughs> earnings, some of that Star Wars and yeah, Black Panther money. No kidding. Um, you know, casting directors are obviously vital, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 we had a great one in this. Um, this lady Shaheen, who uh, saw you know more women than I did for that part, and she was the one who kept on kind of encouraging me towards Florence because I couldn't quite see it. She had done a, a, an excellent movie called Lady Macbeth, but she was a much more it was a much more contained performance and much more sort of uh, posh, if you like. And this was obviously this working class, rough around the edges girl uh, who also I needed her to be able to jump in the ring and throw herself around and. Uh, and, and Shaheen kind of just kept saying, you know, I, I, honestly, I think this is the one. And, and I worked with her a lot. She came in several times. She came in and worked with Jack, her brother. Um, and, you know, there comes that point where, you, you know, you're just trying to convince yourself yeah. because you don't want to get down the road and discover you, you made the wrong choice, right? And, yeah. you know, I put a great deal of faith in Shaheen. And, and, and Florence was just very committed to it and very passionate. And... Um, you know, I, just, I think she delivers, you know, uh, exceptionally well. And, she you know, does. Jack was even perhaps a little easier. I just saw him on tape and he, I could tell he was a great actor, but he, I knew that character had to get to a dark place mm -hmm. and you, and hopefully the audience was still on his side. Mm -hmm. And he has such a kind of natural warmth, I mm. think, uh, Jack. There's something, you know, even when yeah. he's being mean to his sister, he's kind of, yeah. there's a there's an emotion to him that I think carries you through it. Um, Lena amazingly came in and auditioned for me which oh you know someone of her stature doesn't need to do but uh again you know if you've seen game of thrones it's, it was a hard one it. to yeah. compute right and um but again she she came in and she and she read and and uh we, we sort of workshopped it and nick frost was just a he was a much easier mm -hmm. kind of call really because he was a wrestling fan and sure i knew him from from various things and um so i was very very lucky and and uh and you know, I didn't. I didn't want Dwayne to play Dwayne. I didn't think he was the man for the job. Um, <laughs> he begged for it. Yeah, he begged for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, he doesn't. Uh, Why did you? Uh, when did you decide that you were going to play the uh, the father of uh, of Jack? I just felt that we needed finally a bit of sex appeal in the movie. <laughs> uh, and, uh, no, I've always thought with any acting role that I can't give myself, it's that it's like I'm a resource. I'm on the set yeah. anyway. Yeah, you know, if there's something that can be useful, it's, sure. uh, I've saved money, and yeah. you know, I know what I can do. And do you craft service also? Is that I do a lot of yeah, yeah a lot, yeah, a lot sure. of the um, uh, I'm a drive. I drove uh, Dwayne, <laughs> and um, I um, no, I just it was, that character seemed like it was it needed to be um, you needed to do a lot of reacting. Yeah, and um, and to, to bring an actor in who's good at reacting but mm -hmm. not give them any lines is kind of tricky. Sure. So I figured I was a useful. And then the mustache was just like a on the, the mustache was just you know. Yeah. Yeah, someone just applauding the moustache there. Yeah, um, that was just an, an effort to kind of age me up slightly because I suddenly had this Here's sort of twenty-one-year-old daughter. So what was it? Sorry, uh, we could talk about your moustache all, all night, of course. Sure. But um, excellent choice. Uh, but what <laughs> what about um, what about making this film uh, uh, scared you the most or concerned you the most? You're like, oh gosh, I, I know I can do this. I think I can do that. But this is the thing I'm not so strong about or so confident in I want to make sure I give that extra attention or don't screw it up the the, the, the toughest thing from the off was that we had a very compressed um, pre-production period how many we, weeks we, we had five weeks whoa and it was 
it was insane. And five was, weeks. Five weeks. It was a low budget film anyway. And and I was we, we began we were prepping in London, but we were shooting here for the first week. Oh, and so we sort of landed on a Saturday and we were like shooting on the Monday. Mm-hmm. And we had to find scout locations and everything in that time. And it just so we were just constantly uh, chasing us, you know, we were constantly yeah. just kind of trying to keep it, just keep ahead of ourselves and just keep our head above water. And how, so, I think how many days did you shoot? If you don't mind me, it's about uh, thirty days, yeah. I think. And it so so that was the biggest uh, obstacle because any grand plans I had about the careful preparation of how I was going to shoot mm-hmm, individual mm-hmm. Uh, wrestling sequences went out the window, and it was just grab some some handheld cameras yeah. and let's let's do get it. it done, you know, yeah, yeah, and. Yeah. Um, and so that there, there was is some. I mean, there's a beautiful uh, opening Steadicam shot when you when you kind of come into the uh, into Norwich. the gym. Yeah, it was one of the few instances where we had a bit of time, bit yeah. of breathing space to just kind of give that some consideration. But a lot of the rest of it was sort of on the fly, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that was frustrating because that was not how I wanted to do it. And um, it was particularly difficult. The fourth day of filming was at the Staples Center. With twenty thousand fans, for of, that course, final, of course, of course. When match. you're when you're just well oiled, the well-oiled, well-oiled machine, machine day four. Yeah. And uh, they gave us one hour to shoot that. Oh scene my god! After a Monday Night Raw, and uh, and so it was just that's uh, for the finale piece, for right? The finale. You know, did did so you did you intercut with actual sort of footage from that moment? That or there's nothing, nothing that was from the archive. It's oh my all goodness! Done, all done uh, that night with like a handful of pickups the next day, and Florence just went out there and. Just you know, sucked up her nerves and just went out. And, and so you it. shot the very end of the picture, the thing that sort of brings everybody right. to gives them chills and makes them applaud yeah. on day four. Yes, it was. Yes, and Dwayne came down and he emceed it. He was that was <laughs> that was great. And he, um, but in all seriousness, I said to him, please don't get carried away. We've only got an hour. <laughs> and he went in the ring. He did twenty minutes. Of on course the mic. he did. Of course he it did. It was unbelievable doing the catchphrases. <laughs> can you smell? Yeah, we can smell what you're cooking. Get out the ring. <laughs> um, it was. It was. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, I mean, but it, the great thing was that the WWE allowed us to use their cameramen to uh, shoot as well as our own cameras, helpful, which yeah. was a godsend. Uh, that, that's wonderful. Um, yeah. One other uh, thing I, I loved in the film was the choice that you made. Uh, the the three other uh, female wrestlers. Um, uh, that Paige sort of has uh, a strange relationship, or strained relationship with at the beginning, and then uh, ends up um, having a warm relationship with at the end. I thought it was a wonderful choice just to kind of um, spin that the other way. So they they're, they're not, um, you know, they they they're not mean or exclusionary, and uh, and that Paige was the one reading them wrong. Uh, when did that come to you as you were as you were working? Well, on that it? was one of those 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 blessed things where you know because it was a true story and mm. so i initially you know Paige's take on it was that she was bullied by these sort of mean girls and that was sort of mm-hmm. how i was envisioning it initially and then i went to the ww into the nxt training facility in florida and i spoke to some of her trainers and some of her former colleagues and they were like well sometimes Paige was the bully <laughs> and it kind of oh yeah of course right, right. you know and so you you she comes in and she's this aggressive yeah. nervous scared kid who's kind of been wrestling since she was 13 and mm. she would lash out and and so and so that kind of opened something up to me it was like you know I, I was realizing I was kind of very much seeing the story from her perspective mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was important to try and kind of fill in some of the other blanks yeah. um and and so the, the 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 family you know I tried not to simply allow it to be a version of, of the story that the family had mm-hmm. kind of dictated for me and um, mm-hmm. you know and, and found out about the you know the prison time and the various things that they'd done and the mm-hmm. kind of darker parts of their story yeah which seemed important to include you know because they're not angels yeah and um you know and, and so that was you know lucky that i think just you know keep on kept on digging in the research to kind mm. of 
to figure that stuff out. I loved it. It was a bit lovely choice. Um, uh, on, on your, uh, if you only had five weeks to to prep, um, did you have much time for rehearsal? Do you are you someone who likes rehearsal when it comes to film? Versus I would love TV? rehearsal, and, and we had a little bit of rehearsal time uh, about three or four days with with the family, mm-hmm. um, and the guys went off and all, and they actually rehearsed for a week or so at the NXT that they to, to learn oh, to wrestle. Okay, Got so it. they did that, and they most of their downtime in that five weeks was either working out or mm-hmm. or wrestling training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so um, we had some really good stunt guys and some really good wrestling. Uh, advisors who were really good at kind of helping shape the, mm. the fights. And I thought of them as kind of musical numbers, right? Where yeah. you never quite use the same moves sure. twice and you save the kind of big falls and things for the end. For the you end. Know? Um, yeah. And Dwayne was very good as well at just kind of restructuring them slightly because I didn't realize that wrestling matches have a sort of movie style three act structure. Oh, you the, didn't, the, did the, you? you know, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh. But apparently, the uh, yeah, you sort of the, the the good guy always has to kind of be pummeled down until the very last minute. Yeah, and really much, which makes sense now, obviously. <laughs> but I, I, it hadn't occurred to me. <laughs> of course. Um, so, um, well, um, on the on the rest, just uh, I have a, a, about a thousand other questions, and we're going to open it up uh, in a little bit to the to the room. But um, on the wrestling side of it, the the actual f- sort of shooting of those of the those physical ballets, did you um, other than sort of pacing out the dance moves like you're saying and saving the the big stuff for the end, was there a different way that you wanted to shoot those sections or those pieces, or was it just sort of a block shoot kind of kind of deal because of the time? Well, crunch? I think initially, you know, I had sort of grand plans that maybe I would do one, you know, that was all in one take yeah. or something thing or um uh but but ultimately i did i just didn't have the time so mm-hmm. they ended up becoming just you know grabbing what you, what you could. could i i was aware of that limitation of that final fight and i remembered uh in in the, the movie the fighter mm-hmm. they were sort of had similar limitations and they had used the hbo um boxing camera team to shoot yeah. the sequences um and so that was one of the reasons i was kind of keen to to use the the WWE people and to kind of make it look like it's on a broadcast, a WWE broadcast. Uh, Partly because also you felt like you were watching it with the family. For sure. Um, But everything else, uh, I was trying to, as best I could, one of the things I noticed when I went to release wrestling matches is that they're very uh, noisy and visceral and it's a lot more uh, kinetic and, and dynamic than it appears on TV just because the noise is is so much of it, the, the spring of the mat and the ropes and the kind of fans, and it's a lot more sweaty and and kind of um, uh, spit and sawdust about it. And so that I was sort of hoping for that. And also the fact that in wrestling, they, they do a very good job, I think, in disguising the phoniness of mm-hmm. it. And so I, I didn't really want to see kind of punches being overly missed. Right. I, I was trying to let you kind of enjoy it as you would if you were at a... A match, and, and you you know you don't see the fakery quite sure. as much. And so for that last one, the the finale that you had the the WWE cameraman uh, shoot. How many times did you guys run through that? We did it four times. Four times with um, you moved the stunt positions people, and uh, yeah. did it twice, and um, we just had one, I think we had one time where we could actually get in the ring and, and steady cam got stuff, it. but. Uh, but otherwise, we just, I didn't even know what we were getting. I just had to kind of, it was a wing and a prayer, oh really. Just hope that I'd just given them some basic instructions and just had to hope that. But luckily, they are very experienced at shooting sure. wrestling. Obviously, yeah, yeah, so know, they know so. where to put the camera. So after, after your 30 day shoot and your five weeks of prep, Shooting the finale on the fourth day, um, <laughs> in your in editorial, what's your, what's your, um, what's your, uh, What's your process in in the editing room? Are you are you there every day from the beginning? Do you look at a cut, uh, an editor's cut before 
Uh, do you only look at dailies with the editor and put it together? Do you have a, a, a process on the feature side versus the television side, which might not afford that? Well, I steal myself for that first sure. suicide cut. Yeah. You know, in, in, this, <laughs> in this case, it was two and a half hours long, oh, which my was goodness. insane. Yeah. I don't know how we shot that much footage. I think the dinner party scene alone was about 30 minutes. Oh, that's and, so funny. Um, I bet it was funny all the way through it too, all 30 so minutes. So much fun. Yeah. That. But so uh, then it just becomes, you know, that, 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 um, with the editor just uh, initially just pairing back to the core of the story. Mm -hmm. And again, I'd shot a lot more um, about wrestling and just sure. lots of scenes of kind of Vince explaining and sort of walking mm -hmm. you through what, what you is. need to know. Right. Um, uh, and so that, that was sort of the first process, I think, was just kind of pairing back the story. Um, and, um, you know, and there was sequences that, uh, it was a long chase, foot chase sequence uh, that we had to cut down and, you know, lots of stuff that kind of you fall in love with when you're sure. shooting that you, you had no time a for. A foot chase it. sequence between? There's a bit early on where um, Zach is chasing this young kid yeah. who he kind of rescues. And that sure. was a long sequence that ran all over this uh, tenement estate through people's front living rooms. It was, oh, kind of, oh, wow. it was like point break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we didn't have time for any of it. Um, uh, and um, it also included a little uh, cameo from Paige's real parents, which I was very nervous about telling them I'd cut out, obviously, as you can imagine. How did they take it? They, I just, I steeled myself for that. You know, they could break my legs. <laughs> um, but uh, they, 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 they rolled, they rolled uh, with the punch. Wonderful. But, um, was there anything on, that ended on the, uh, on the cutting room floor that you, you miss, you wish you'd put back, or does this feel like what it should no, be? No, I don't think so. I mean, we, yeah. we, we were pretty ruthless. Um, a few lines here and there, but, but mm. most of it... Um, I'm sort of pleased with where, where we got to. I think that the, the toughest thing was was that final fight. Yeah. Um, because, of course, we always knew that there was this complication that in Rocky, when he punches Apollo Creed, you understand within the rules of the film that that's a real punch and that's a right. real injury. Right. In wrestling, everyone knows it's not It's real. fixed, not it's fixed. fixed. It's fixed. So, consequently, what's the victory if you know right. that it was predetermined? That's right. And so... Our assumption was always, well, the real victory is that she wins over the crowd. Mm -hmm. And so we actually shot a scene where Dwayne says to her, um, you're going to win the Divas title on your first appearance. I was going to ask about that. Which is what he did in real life. Um, and we tested that, uh, and people were like, no, we don't, we don't want to know the outcome before. So you actually had it uh, yeah. in, and then, and then it didn't... And we, just, yeah. and we realized people actually wanted to, to live through the final fight. Of course. And kind of be in it with her. And... Um, but that was the toughest sequence to cut because we were jumping back and forth to the family and the commentary and yeah. just the sound. It was very, very complicated for what I think, I'm sure seems very straightforward, but that was incredibly difficult. And we had about these 15 different cameras yeah. to choose from. It was just... Oh, man, what a moment. Was really, it's, it's that was a very tough. A fantastic um, choice. Um, last question, then we're going to open up to any questions that might be, be out there. Um, so you mentioned Rocky, you mentioned The Fighter. Are there any other... Uh, films for you that uh, inspired you uh, for this film or that you looked to as you were kind of prepping? Uh, Eight Mile, mm -hmm. the, uh, the Eminem film. The Curtis uh, Hansen picture, it's a great one. Yeah. Well, exactly, but also I think because it, it, it's as much a a performance film mm -hmm. as it is a uh, as a sports film, right? It's, so yeah, it's, smart, yeah. I kept thinking of it as a bit like sort of 42nd Street or something, right? The kid gets their chance yep, at the yep. big time and don't blow it in front of the Broadway critics. <laughs> and so um, I was thinking about sort of, you know, musicals uh, in that way. Not so much kind of watching them, but just thinking of the structure mm -hmm. of them. Mm -hmm. um, and... Uh, 
goodness, I'm sure I watched. Uh, I was I was I watched Billy Elliot because oh, that yeah. seemed like a good touchstone for this. So again. musical and dance pictures. Yeah, yeah, and and boxing, I suppose. And boxing, all the Rockies, yeah. obviously. Well, Except Rocky Six. No, 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 that doesn't. Uh, we know Rocky Five. I'm sorry, you don't need to watch Rocky Five. Or six, or just six is good. Six Rocky is Five is is wobbly. Solid tip. I stopped after yeah. four. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful film. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank I you really so much. It. Thank you. Real pleasure, Steve. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, if you're enjoying our podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Director's Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally 